Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. If you haven't decided what type of specialty you're going to want to practice, go check out our Specialty Stories podcast at specialtystories.com. This is the MCAT podcast, session number 25. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome back to the MCAT podcast, or welcome if this is your first time. I'm glad you are here. The MCAT podcast is part of the MedEd Media Network, which you can find at mededmedia.com. That's M-E-D-E-D media.com. Today, we're going to answer some awesome and fun biology questions. Let's dive in. All right, Brian. So we're back for more biology fun for the MCAT. Yeah, this time we're going to work on some independent discrete questions. So there's no passage. Even if you were tempted to go back and look up a passage, there isn't one. Um, And we talked about this with doing the physics discretes. Remember the MCAT, a mile wide but an inch deep. So lots and lots of stuff you have to be comfortable with, but don't overanalyze the questions. Before we we jump into that, the the fact that you mentioned the the discrete versus passages, what – is there a specific percentage of questions on the test that will be discrete questions like this that don't have passages? Yeah, it's the same every time. So uh, there's there's 59 questions in each of the three different science sections. There's 15 of them that are discrete. Uh, uh, sorry, fif- yeah, 15 that are discrete and 44 that are based on passages. All right. Yeah. So unfortunately, as 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 much as the discrete questions are like you know eating popcorn, they're quick and easy. Like eating, <laughs> eating pistachios, right? They're just each individual one is nice and quick and easy. Um, there's not very many, right? I mean, the majority of them are based on passages. You get those pistachios though that don't have any crack and they take forever. Yeah, and that's when you just pick answer choice C and move on. Right? <laughs> on the pistachio of your life, you don't even bother with it. Right? I like it. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Question number 16. Which of the following will cause a blood pH of 8.2? So right away, before even looking at the answer choices, blood pH 8.2, you should know that normal physiological blood pH is going to be more like 7.35 or, you know, 7.4, give or take. Uh, So if the person has a blood pH of 8.2, that's uh, wildly alkaline. I mean, at this point, the patient is is at at death's door. Um, But you're just looking for an answer choice then that is, okay, Okay, a higher pH, so either less acid or um, more base, one of those two. So let's check the answer choices. Decreased O2 concentration, decreased tidal volume, increased H2O concentration, increased respiratory rate. Okay, so we have to know a little bit of our physiology here. So start with answer choice A, decreased O2 concentration. Now that might be tempting. 
right? Because we know that O2 and CO2 have this kind of inverse relationship in the blood, right? The, the more you breathe, the more O2 you have, the less CO2 you have. Um, so if there's decreased O2, maybe that means something funky about the CO2. Maybe that would affect pH. So maybe we leave answer choice A in f for a moment. Okay, next, decreased tidal volume. So tidal volume is just that kind of natural resting breathing rate, the volume of air that you suck in and out on each breath without kind of forcibly trying to pull in or exhale more air. So if you breathe shallower, if you breathe less, decreased tidal volume, let's think about what that means. It means that the CO2 that's building up in your body is not getting exhaled as well as it could. You're holding the CO2 back in your body. And we want to remember that for the purposes of blood pH, CO2 is acid, right? CO2 gets converted by carbonic anhydrase into carbonic acid, which then dissociates into a proton. So that would lower the pH. Um, so if you, in, if you decrease the tidal volume, if you breathe really shallow and hold your CO2 in, that would actually give you respiratory acidosis. That would make your blood pH go down more acidic. So that's the opposite of what we wanted. Answer choice C says increased H2O concentration, more watery. That actually wouldn't have any effect on pH at all because it would dilute the acid and dilute the base at the same time. So adding more water doesn't actually change the pH balance itself directly. And then so finally we get D, increased respiratory rate. So if you start hyperventilating, blowing out a lot of CO2, well, if you breathe in and out really, really quickly and blow out all your CO2, you're literally breathing acid out of your body. That would make, by, by extension, if you're breathing the acid out, what's left behind in your blood is more basic. So your blood would become more basic and your blood pH could be higher. So answer choice D could um, tie in with more uh, uh, more basic blood pH. The, the way I always try to it, it kind of really describe this in an evocative way, get, get you to think about it is, you know, from the perspective of blood pH, you are, are an acid exhaling monster. You're like Godzilla. And every time you exhale, you're exhaling acid. CO2 is acid as far as your blood is concerned. So if you stop exhaling, you're holding your acid in. If you blow out a whole bunch, you're blowing the acid out, leaving base behind. Godzilla. I am Godzilla. Yes. That's what I took absolutely. from that. Yep. You're breathing out carbonic acid. There you go. <laughs> All right. I okay, like it. Numbers, yep. Number 17. Patients with excess fat are more likely to require lar larger therapeutic doses of which vitamin? Vitamin B1, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin B3. Okay. This question is a classic example that, uh, of a game we play on the MCAT. Which one of these is not like the others? Which one of these doesn't belong? It almost doesn't matter which, what question they asked you because looking at these choices, vitamin B, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin B3, one thing should jump out at you right away. You have to know your water-soluble and your fat-soluble vitamins. So your, uh, your B vitamins and your C vitamin are water-soluble, and your fat solubles are D, E, A, and K. So answer choice C here, vitamin D is the only one that stands out. It's the only fat-soluble vitamin here. So that ends up being the right answer if you can just pick the one that's different based on its solubility. Nice. I, I like it. That's the one that popped out in my head because I, I was going to say something. I was going to cut in and go, let me, let me see if I don't make a fool of myself and say vitamins A, D, E, and K are the fat-soluble ones. Um, yeah. that, that's how I remember. I, I like if you 
the order that you put them in, D-E-A-K, because it makes a word kind of deke. I don't know if that's a, a word. <laughs> yeah, so that's a mnemonic just personal to me. I, <laughs> I, actually, I went to junior high with a kid whose last name was Deke, and he was kind of a big kid. So <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah. I remember those as the fat-soluble vitamins. Yeah, I, I, I remember ADEC. I, I don't know why that stuck in my head, but that's how we remembered it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and let, let's do one more here. So right. question number 29. Which of the following is most likely to use a protein channel to cross the eukaryotic cell membrane? So, Ryan, you, you asked about making a fool of yourself. Do you want to try this one? <laughs> so, no, I don't, I, I don't want to try this one. <laughs> okay. So, uh, again, the question is, which of the following is most likely to use a protein channel to cross the cell membrane? And our answer choices are aldosterone, calcium 2 plus ion, oxygen, and carbon dioxide, uh, O2 oxygen. And so, again, this is just a solubility question like the vitamin question we looked at before because to get across the cell membrane, aldosterone, a steroid hormone, in fact, all steroid hormones, can just diffuse right across the cell membrane. They don't need a protein channel to get through a cell membrane. Uh, similarly, your gases, oxygen, carbon dioxide, very small, nonpolar, they can just diffuse right across the cell membrane. They don't need a protein channel. But ions, this, the famous sodium-potassium pump or sodium and potassium channels in a neuron would be an example or calcium channels in the sarcolemma for the, for the muscle. So ions definitely do need a protein channel. And so the right answer here is B, calcium needs a protein channel to cross the membrane. That's exactly how I would have uh, came to, to the conclusion, and I would have definitely gotten B right, just to let you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% sure that's right. <laughs> All right, there you go. Again, you can go to themcappodcast.com slash 25 to get the show notes for this specific episode, which will give you the passages and the questions that we are talking about in these last few episodes specifically for today's episodes the biology discrete questions again that's the mcatpodcast.com slash two five i hope you enjoyed the episode today if you did i'd love for you to go rate and review it in itunes that's the easiest thing to do but if you wanted to even show your support even more go share this with a friend bring a friend to next week's MCAT podcast, although you technically don't have to bring them, just show them how to subscribe on their phone. I would love you for that. I love you anyway for listening. Thank you for that. Don't forget to go check out everything that Next Step Test Prep is doing at nextstepmcat.com where you can see their brand new course that has tons of hours, tons of content, more than Kaplan, more than Princeton Review, and at a fraction of the price. You get all of the content plus live office hours with their top instructors, the people that made the course. Again, go check out nextstepmcat.com. Use the promo code MCATPOD, that's M-C-A-T-P-O-D, all capital letters, to save some money on everything that Next Step has to do. That code can only be found here in the podcast at the mcatpodcast.com. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and join us next week here at the MCAT Podcast and the Medical School Headquarters.